Smartcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hello, friends, and welcome to episode 111 of the Burden of Command podcast. I'm your host, Earl Breon. Today's guest is Mr. Bill Kurzija. Bill is the owner and founder of Professional Success South, a professional sales training and business consulting firm. Bill's career began in the United States Army, where he learned discipline and the importance of strict attention to detail. Over the next eight years, he made his way up to the ranks of sergeant, where he learned not only leadership, but the importance of clear, effective communication and training. This obviously made his next move as he transitioned out of the military pretty clear. He would enter the retail automotive industry. Beginning as a salesperson, he quickly rose through the ranks, through finance, into sales manager, and finally into the GSM and GM positions. Bill now follows his passion in training and coaching, specializing in the basics of communication and how paying attention to details will build a strong foundation. He is always working to bring knowledge to as many people as possible, whether through his clients, on social media, or through his weekly podcast, Get Focus with Bill Kay and Gina Fay. Now, if you haven't listened to that podcast, uh, Get Focus with Bill Kay and Gina Fay. I highly recommend that you do. It's a great podcast, a lot of great content. So after you're done listening to this, make sure you go subscribe, rate, and review Bill's show. But we have an outstanding discussion in this podcast talking about things like confidence and the sales process. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and get out of your way, let the stinger run, and let you get into this outstanding interview with Mr. Bill Kurzija. All right, listeners, uh, welcome to this episode of the Burden of Command podcast. As you heard in the pre-roll, uh, my guest in this show is Bill Kurzija. Bill, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, yeah. No, I'm excited to uh, to have this conversation with you. Uh, you know, looking at your bio and all that, seeing that you were an Army guy, I'm not going to hold that against you too much. I'll just say <laughs> thank you for your service. Well, it was uh, honestly the... The um, best part of my life, I would have to say, other than being family and children and stuff like that, uh, you know, it was it was great being in in the military. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, that, that was a you know, it was a great part of my life too. And you know, I always love to joke with army guys, but I've got a great I've got a great amount of respect for you know all the the fellow branches there, and you know, even the army. I was 
raised by my grandfather, who was an Army World War II vet. So while I like to give a little needling, I, I do have an immense <laughs> amount of respect for everything you all do. So, uh, again, appreciate it. Uh, yeah. But that gets me to uh, even more excitement about hearing your response to the first question I ask all my guests. When you hear the phrase burden of command, what does that mean to you? Wow. So burden of command, uh, there's so many different facets to it, but ultimately it's, to me, it's the role of putting everyone's needs and their best interests under your command first, right? And, um, it's not putting yourself last per se, but it's really making sure that you're looking out for the best interests, even though a lot of times they don't realize what their best interests are. And it, it, it doesn't matter whether it's in the military life or in a civilian life, because even with running different businesses, you know, the overall goal is to make sure that your employees, your soldiers, they're taken care of, their families are taken care of, they can go home at night and, and, and sleep well knowing that tomorrow they're going to wake up and have a place to go work and earn to take care of their families, right? And uh, that gets lost a lot of times. People don't tend to uh, pay attention or, or understand that that's part of your role as a leader to, to put all, everything into perspective, right? To, to really understand the overall picture, the overall goal. It's not just about today. It's about tomorrow, next week, next year, so on and so forth. So that's really the, the burden in, in my eyes is to make sure that you understand the scope of what you're doing. Mm. No, I like that. That's a very, uh, very well thought out answer there. And, and, you know, you hit on a lot. And, and the one thing that I like there that you, you clarified that I don't think anybody else has before is that, uh, you know, putting your team first doesn't necessarily mean that you're putting yourself last. And, and I really like that. That is a great distinction to make. But I'm curious when you say that, like, are there, are there any ideas or examples that you can kind of unpack that a little bit more with? So, you know, I went through a period of in my, my personal life where uh, I'm married with four children and as, as a, a husband and a father, I always felt that, you know, if I ate last, that's okay as long as they eat. If I, you know, go to bed last, so on and so forth, right? I always put what I thought was their best interests first. I thought that was the, the right thing to do. Um, this is my role as, as a parent, husband, so on and so forth as a leader within my family. Right. And, you know, I learned that you have to take care of yourself first before you can take care of anyone else. And you need to apply that not only in your personal life, but also in your professional life. And, and to put it as with a leader, you know, you need to make sure that, you know, you're educated, right? You're, you put your education before making sure that all your your employees, your soldiers, your troops, whatever it is, you know, make sure that you're educated, make sure that you're healthy, make sure that you're doing everything that you need to do so that you can function at 100%. And that is actually putting their needs before yours. Uh, it, it's it's interesting way to look at it, but it's in reality, it's the truth because if you're not operating at 100% as the leader, 
how could you ever expect anyone under your command to be operating at 100%? It's just not possible. Yeah, no, I, again, I like it. It's, it's, you know, as you were unpacking that there, it reminded me of the old, uh, uh, you know, if anybody here has ever been on a plane, when they're going through their safety yeah. brief, the first thing they tell you is put the oxygen mask on yourself, then help somebody else, right? A hundred percent. And that is the best analogy. Yeah. Well, and, and uh, what I like about that is, you know, and this is a thing, this is a thing that it seems like a lot of, uh, a lot of women struggle with, right? Because women have that more kind of nurturing, uh, uh, ideals, right? They, they have yeah, more of that nurturing spirit. And what you just said is, is a struggle I'm sure a lot of women leaders can identify with, with, you know, they want to put their family first. They want to put their, their spouse first. They, uh, they feel guilty about having careers and all of these sort of things that drive women out of the workforce, unfortunately, or make their, uh, make their jobs in the workforce less enjoyable. And, and what I love about the, the message here that you, you just shared is hopefully men too. Yes. And hopefully women, you know, hear somebody like you who has had the success that you've had and are doing what you're doing. Uh, and hopefully somebody like me uh, that's been doing this podcast for a little while, you know, saying, hey, these things are fine to to take care of yourself first. It doesn't make you a bad husband. It doesn't make you a bad wife. It makes you a good leader taking care of your people. Absolutely. And and you're you're absolutely correct. You know, so many people feel guilty they feel like they're neglecting their family or, or, or whatever it may be, uh, especially like you said, women, right? Like I have to go to work, then I have to come home and cook and clean and so on and so forth. And you know what? No, you don't. There, It isn't written anywhere that that is the role of the woman's role in in the household. You know, it's it's really having the courage and strength to to do what is best for you because what we lose track of is the mental strain that things do to us, right? And, you know, putting our dreams and our goals, uh, whether it's the, the man or the woman on the back burner, right? Because you're putting the other person or your, your children or whatnot first it is, is not really healthy for the spouse or the child because whether you can admit it or notice it, it's affecting you mentally, right? So, and that's what I had to learn myself was, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm not in a good mood. I'm, I'm really not a good person right now because I have resentment and many different things going on internally that ultimately become external things used towards the people around you. So, you know, what are we teaching our kids, right? What are we teaching uh, our employees, the people that we're leading, uh, are we teaching them to, you know, that what our goals, our hopes and dreams don't matter? The other person's does. That, that, and that's the wrong message, right? You know, we should be teaching that there's a spot, there's a place for all of us. It's just like having a voice, right? We should always be teaching that we all have a voice. We can use it, speak up. It does matter, you know? So, and, and that, that really has, grown inside of me over the past um, handful of years and and applying that to any environment that I'm in has become very useful. And you start to see the development around you. 
And once you start to see that development, it, it kind of, you know, reinforces the belief, right? And it's sort of getting that, that gratification, you know, the, the treat or the ice cream at the end of the meal, right? I'm, I'm doing well. And, and it just, you know, helps you keep building on that, right? And keep learning how to instill that in the people around you. No, absolutely. And what I like there, what you said, uh, you know, was there was a lot of truth there. And, uh, you know, and I think this plays kind of into your wheelhouse here. It it takes a lot of self-awareness and self-confidence to be able to successfully pull that off, right? Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of people always ask me, how how do I become more confident? How do I build confidence and 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 stuff like that in that direction? And it's really based upon an understanding. It's based upon knowledge, right? We we gain confidence as we gain knowledge within whatever that is that we're trying to accomplish. So uh, we're not taught ever in life how to communicate. We're kind of just, you know, we're born and we hear people talk around us and then we start to speak. Oh, you're speaking, right? So that is how we're taught how to communicate, right? But no one ever really sits us down and says, okay, so this is the right way to communicate. These are the pillars of communication. You know, you need to learn how to listen. And what does learning how to listen really mean? So, you know, really going back to the foundation of communication and understanding that there's so many different aspects to it helps you become educated in it, number one, and also builds your confidence in communicating. So now when you're a leader or growing into leadership or any position, you are understanding how to communicate. And it's it's like walking. It's like, you know, riding a bike or anything else. The more you do it with an understanding, the better you get at it and the more confidence you build within it. Yeah, no, 100%. And, you know, what I like there is you making that distinction, uh, you know, between talking and, and communicating because they're not the same thing, right? Not at all. In fact, we communicate non-verbally at a higher percentage than any other form of communication. And many people don't even realize that, right? They think that, oh, communication is talking or now with digital devices, it's texting or emailing or whatever there. But in all actuality, we communicate almost 90% of the time non-verbal. So our body language uh, the way we uh, make eye contact, if we move our hands, just the way we walk is telling a story. And I would love to live in a world without judgment, but at our core, we judge each other without ever even speaking to each other. So as soon as we see someone, we make a judgment. It's just natural, okay? We decide, okay, uh, that's someone... I want to speak to, or I want to get to know, or it's someone I want to stay clear of, right? We call it a gut feeling. We call it intuition. But in actuality, it's communication. And we're doing it without saying anything. But if you don't know that, you could be giving the wrong message. You, you may not be a um, shy person or difficult to get along with, but because you're standing there with your arms folded looking down, someone's going to get the perception that you don't want to be talked to. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because you're very closed. And, you know, so it's really important to understand. And again, you know, I don't remember any school classroom environment where, you know, someone said, okay, this is the proper way to communicate, right? And so we never really learn. We learn through trial and error. Yeah. Well, I mean, and that's a, a valuable point you make there. Uh, exactly is about being taught. Like when we do start to talk, you know, as, as a baby, a lot of times it's that kind of goo goo gaga baby speak. And that's what people <laughs> are speaking back to us and all that. And, and I'm sure that probably builds some bad habits right up front. Uh, you know, but again, going through school. Yeah. I mean, sure. Maybe if you're in the, the, on the debate team or you're in speech club or something like that, but even then, my experience with those is those are very much more about getting your point across versus really kind of communicating effectively, like in a 360 degree uh, way, right? Absolutely. It, again, it's th that type of environment is like a debate class and things like that. Or how do you argue your point, right? And it, it's not really touched on different things. So they, you know, they don't focus on, again, the body language. How important is body language? It's extremely important. Uh, you know, that's probably arguably the number one thing that, that we should learn as human beings is what type of message are we giving off with our body language? Because that's how we first initiate. You hear the statement all the time, first impression is the last impression, right? Because that's where we make our judgment. So not teaching that, not having that in our, in our environment for our, our youth and our children growing up, you know, there is no foundation to build on. I actually teach a lot of um, high school and middle school students confidence because and it, they want to learn how to raise their hand in class, right? Mm -hmm. So it's staggering and it's scary at the same time because there are so many students right now in school that have questions. They don't understand, you know, what the teacher's teaching, the math, the English, the science, whatever subject it may be, but they're so scared to ask a question because they haven't been taught confidence in communicating, right? So they'd rather keep their hand down, not ask a question, and hopefully, you know, get the answer right. And is that really what we want? No, we want we want highly educated people that understand and and they develop and grow into highly educated adults, right? So why we don't teach communication, it it just baffles me. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm 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 100% with you because, you know, in all honesty, I really wish that that was something that it had when I was growing up. Uh, because, you know, kind of, we've talked about you, you went to the United States army and I don't know how many of these skills you had before you went into the army, but very limited. <laughs> yeah. Same here. You know, I didn't have any, any of those skills really until I went to Marine Corps boot camp, And I was that kid that you just described there. You know, I had, uh, you know, math was never my favorite subject and I didn't understand it, but I didn't want to admit to the rest of, of my peers in the class that I struggled with math and right. uh, I never raised my hand. I never asked for clarification and guess what continued to be my worst subject all through school. Math. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. And, and so that's what I love, you know, about what you're, you're, you're doing here. And I'm, 
I love that you're going in and, and talking to to schools. And I, I really wish, like, I really wish there was a way to get some type of program like that expanded. So, I mean, have you had a lot of success with with what you're doing in these schools that you get a chance to go into? Yes, I get I get great feedback from the students. I've had students take multiple classes. Uh, parents are, are are very excited about the engagement because what what you find is a lot of the students struggle uh, socially and and many different ways because they're they're scared, you know. And and why are we ever scared of something, right? So you could just the the old adage you're scared of the dark, right? So you go sit in the dark until you become uh, not scared in the dark anymore, right? Well, that's just because you're educating yourself that when you're in the dark, nothing bad happens. It's the same thing with communicating, right? We're, we're scared to communicate. We're scared that, especially at such a young age, because we don't want to get laughed at by our friends. We don't want to say the wrong thing. We don't want to look stupid or what we perceive to be stupid. There's a list goes on and on and on as, as to why uh, you know, at a school age, we we fear that that type of communicating. So how do we overcome that? Well, we we learn that. Guess what? If you're in a classroom with 20 students, probably 15 of those students feel exactly the same way as you, mm. right? And as soon as you raise your hand, and as soon as you gain the confidence to ask questions, so take you for example in math class. You would have probably found out if you raised your hand in class and asked a question, you would have been amazed at how many other students in the class had the same question. Because a lot of times we're in the same scenario, right? Yeah. And we're all scared to ask because we're all scared that, oh, you know, Johnny next to me, he knows the answer. I don't want to look dumb because he's smart, right? And, and that's why we don't ask the question. And then we do ask the one time we do ask a question, we'll find out that, yeah, and then what happens is that's your, like almost your first step in leadership. Yeah. So when Johnny sees you raise your hand and ask a question and no one laughs and you get the right answer and you understand now, Johnny goes, huh, I'm going to try that, you know, and then it starts to build. And next thing you know, you have a classroom full of people that are interacting that and everyone's learning, right? It's a different yeah. environment. It's a healthy environment. Uh, and you'd be amazed at, at how much, attention and how much people grow. And it's interesting because I am talking about students, right? Younger students, but it does matter for adults as well, because yeah. there are so many adults that have the same fear. They just bring it from their childhood and into adult. And it still, it still happens when they're adults. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And, you know, just kind of, uh, yeah, I mean, because that was exactly, like I said, it's exactly what I went through. And here's the kind of the weird dichotomy of it. And, and you know, doing what I do now and kind of looking backwards, I, I really believe that this is kind of the root of some of the behavioral issues in uh, high schools that translate in, further into life is I was, because I was, because I was scared to ask the question to show what I didn't know. I was bored and checked out of class. So I'd end up being the class clown, which made, you know, which back then seemed like the cool thing to do. But in all honesty, it really made me look like the idiot I was afraid to be looking like by asking the question. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it, it's so interesting how it works out. And then we don't realize it till we're looking back on it. Right. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. But, you know, what you just said there again is, is you know, talking about those behaviors, right? So you and I were lucky enough and and uh, we ended up going into the military and we got some of these things, uh, you know, uh, literally drilled into us through the course of our, <laughs> our boot camps and schools and careers. You know, but not everybody has that. And and so when they go into their career, you know, because I've seen it, I'm sure you've been at, at conferences before where, you know, you'll you'll give some kind of, especially talking about confidence and sales, you'll go into some big spiel about why confidence and sales go together. All right. Does anybody have any questions? And nobody will raise their hand, but you can tell by the look <laughs> on their face that there's a bunch of questions to be asked. A hundred percent. Yeah. We still suffer from it. Right. And, and, <laughs> And I do as well, right? So I want to be clear that there, there honestly is never a point in time where it's a hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you're always going to get into a situation where you hesitate or you, you kind of, you know, you're not fully prepared and, you know, it's not right. Something doesn't feel right. So you just have to always like take that step back. Take a deep breath, gather yourself, think about what got you there, and then, you know, go at it again. And a lot of times what you end up doing is realizing that, okay, it was, you know, once you start, once you start the ball rolling, it just goes, right? And, and that comes at all levels. Okay. I'm not saying that somebody that's not comfortable speaking can just go up on a stage in front of hundreds of people and speak. But that same person could start with, you know, three, four, five people. And then you just practice. And and that's really the key to success with anything that we do in life, whether it's math, right? Looking back, I'm sure you know now that asking the questions then practicing at the math and so on and so forth is you build the skill of doing it and then the confidence in doing it and wanting to do it even more. And those are the things, those are the steps that get overlooked, right? Uh, We see success. We see um, different people doing different things. And we think, wow, man, they were born that way. When in reality, none of us are born able to speak at a high level on a stage in front of thousands of people, right? Somewhere along the line, we picked up that ability, whether we were actually took a class on communication or whether we were just raised in an environment where communicating was part of the environment. You know, that's what happens is we develop these skills over time, over life, through practice, whether we know we're practicing or not. Yeah. No, you, again, you're, you're 100%. And we see this, you know, we see this every day with, uh, you know, celebrities and, and professional speakers and, uh, you know, most of them are, are still to this day scared to go out on stage and speak. I think it was yeah. uh, Tony Robbins admitted, uh, you know, as, as late as like a year ago that he still, <laughs> he still gets butterflies <laughs> in his stomachs. And as he put it, vomits in his mouth a little bit before he goes on stage, because that fear that you're talking about is still there. But you would never know it by seeing him go on stage and talk. You would never know that some of these actors or actresses uh, face these same things because they put on these stellar performances. Um, musicians. I mean, a lot of these folks that, that we, I'll, I'll use the word idolize because that's what a lot of media says. <laughs> Absolutely. They're suffering for these same things. They've just figured out a way to overcome it, right? 
Yes, yes, a hundred percent. And and just with time and and practice, it becomes a little bit easier. But like you said, it never goes away. I I, I know Tony. He has this whole routine, yeah. uh, the ice pool and everything else, because he's really shocking himself into it, right? And and that's what you need to figure out, because what works for one person may not work for the other, and you know you need to find out what your level is, what you need to overcome things, whether it's you know taking a walk around the building uh i like driving with the windows down or playing you know high energy music uh and that really helps me get to another you know energy level and be able to put on a speech and have that confidence and really portray the message well yeah and i think you said something there again it is extremely important so i just kind of want to uh, reiterate it here so the the audience doesn't lose it it's, it's, it's not, you know, what, what works for Bill is not going to work for Earl. What works for Earl is not going to work for Tony. What works for Tony is not going to work for Bill and so on and so forth. You really have to find your thing, right? Right. Yeah. With a lot of trial and error. <laughs> <laughs> a lot. And, and, and that goes back to that confidence piece, right? To, to be willing to try these things and not have them work and be able to make adjustments. And and it's so important to to make notes of it, right? And you know, people talk about journaling and many different types of forms of that. And I just tell people, you know, if writing things down is not what you do, it's you're not comfortable with it, it's a it's a habit that you find difficulty in. You know, we have these devices in our hands that we can speak to, we can record. I do, you know, I just turn my video camera on and I talk to it. So that's my video journal, right? So I want to do what I call a brain dump. So when I come out of a classroom or an environment or any situation that I want to keep a track of it, how did it go? What did I feel? What did it feel like? What was the audience reaction? What was the classroom's reaction? Whatever it may be, you know, I just turn my video camera on. I, I, I talk to it and then I have this video journal of what the experience was like in the moment right out of the gate and that helps me you know later on go back to it understand it you know tweak the things that i have to tweak work on the things that i need to work on and you know it gives me that ability to build on the skill right and then that's where the confidence builds and that's where the ability to do more and more of it And, you know, I know we started off talking about the leadership and things like that. It's important to do that when you're in a leadership role, Mm -hmm. because as a leader, ultimately, our goal is to do what? Elevate everyone around us as high in that position or whatever their job title, whatever it may be, elevate them to the highest level possible, right? My goal is always to to groom them to replace me, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, how do we do that? Well, we, we need to understand what's working and what's not working. And if you have, say, you know, 10 employees, each one's going to have a different approach, right? You can't approach them all the same way. And how do you keep track of that? And that's why it's important to to make notes, to keep a journal, whether it's video, 
written, whatever it may be, so that you can have something to reflect on and and see what's working and what's not working and gauge it and you know make adjustments along the way. Yeah, no, I love that and I love that you mentioned the cell phone cuz when I'm when I'm coaching uh when I'm coaching folks on public speaking it's exactly what I I say is like set your phone up. If you if you're not comfortable in front of a crowd, that's fine. Set your phone up, record yourself, and I want you to listen to it or I want you to go through it twice. The first time I want you to close your eyes and just listen. The second time, I want you to close your ears and just watch. Because those those things you just talked about, the communication piece, how are your words coming across is great. But what is your body language saying? And then figure out where those two match up. And, uh, you know, that, that video camera will tell you real quick where those discrepancies are, right? <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, it's... It- it, it doesn't hide anything, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, so what I love here, right, is so so we've talked about it kind of like glancing blows, if you will. But your bread and butter really is kind of bringing all this together uh, really for people in sales. And as you mentioned, we started out kind of talking about leadership. But, you know, what is leadership if it's not a sales position? Because you got to sell a lot of stuff to the people who who follow you. You got to sell the vision, you got to sell the culture, you got to sell all this stuff, right? So sales is all around us. <laughs> so this this is a great topic and a great way to tie all this stuff in. Um, you know, but but I'm going to ask you as as kind of the guest expert here, why do you believe that there's such a a uh, important kind of intersection here between communications and sales and confidence? Okay, so <clears throat> And I can relate this because you you were absolutely correct. Sales is all around us. Uh, my whole career outside of the since I've left the military has been in in retail sales and and you know first running stores uh, in the automotive industry and then you know coaching, teaching, and training all different industries. And I always hear you know I don't want to be salesy. I don't want to well. Okay, what does that mean, right? And and ultimately, it, it just means that you haven't really learned how to communicate, okay? Because if someone, I, I go back to the intuition, the gut feeling uh, earlier, if someone's getting a feeling that, oh, this person's salesy, well, then they're probably not communicating the message properly, right? Mm-hmm. They're giving us negative feeling, this this feeling that I just can't get away fast enough, so on and so forth. So I always start with really relating, having people relate, you know, what is it that you know, what, you know, what don't you like that makes you feel that way, right? What is, what was it about it? What did they say? How did they say it? And a lot of times it goes back to, I just didn't trust or believe what they were saying. So how do we build the confidence in communicating in a sales environment, right? And how we do that is the education part, okay? So you have to understand whatever it is you're selling, okay? Uh, there is a lot of information out there. Uh, consumers can educate themselves by reading online, so on and so forth. But I'm here to tell you that not everything online is accurate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and... You know, I use the doctor analogy a lot of times because most of us, 
and most people in the world, when they go to the doctors, if the doctor sits you down and says, here, this is what's going on, this is what you need to do, take this medicine, get this much sleep, whatever it may be, what do we do? We do exactly what they say. Now, what makes that doctor so important that we trust them no matter what? Yeah. Well, their education. They're educated in what they are telling us. They're selling us on the idea that to be healthy, we have to perform these tasks. Okay? And we are sold because the way they present it to us. They don't stutter. They don't, there's no, well, maybe, I don't know. It's just pure confidence. And they have that confidence because unless you're a doctor, you probably don't realize how much schooling a doctor goes through, right? How much education and how much continual education is involved once you are a doctor. You know, year in, year out, they're just constantly learning new techniques, training, so on and so forth, right? Mm -hmm. And that's why when we sit down in that office, we believe everything they say. So how do you become the doctor of whatever you're selling? I don't care if you're a parent trying to convince your kids on the importance of education. You need to be an expert in how you sell it to them. So you need to understand what is the importance of education? Why is it important, right? Or uh, automotive industry. You need to understand the features, benefits. Why is this the best vehicle for your situation, Mr. Customer? And that's why all the work you put in before you ever say hello to a customer is so critical, right? And, and that's where when you run into that situation where the salesperson you don't trust, you don't feel confident, you're not comfortable, you can't get away quick enough. If you were to look deeper into the history of that salesperson, they probably really do not understand what they are trying to um, sell you, right? Because that is ultimately what it is. But in actuality, all the salesperson's job is to do is to educate you on why this product, this service, whatever it is, will benefit you. And the only way you do that is to understand what that product and, or service is completely. And, and that's the part that gets lost. We don't spend enough time in the trenches. We don't spend enough time training, coaching, um, practicing. You know, uh, we're both military background, and I'm, I know that we trained. I was in the, the mid to late 90s, so I was in between a lot of the uh, conflict that, that we're in within the world today. Mm -hmm. and, but we trained every single day to go to war. We yep. trained what will happen. What do you do? How does it work? How do you go? Every single day. Okay, we had weekends off here and there, but... Other than that, we're just constantly training. Yep. And that is the whole reason why we are the greatest military in the whole world is because they're always, it's what you do. It's what you live. It's what you breathe. Everything is just focused on that one thing, your mission, your job. What is your responsibility? We need to apply that in everything we do in life. Yeah. If you know you want to be the best parent, the best leader, in a household, well, educate yourself on it. And that's how you'll be able to do that. Well, no, I, I love it. And, and and here's how, you know, I'll share a story how I can 
uh, tell listeners everything Bill just said is 100% accurate, <laughs> especially with the medical thing. I love that because you had an experience recently with a, uh, a friend um, who was going through a medical situation, and uh, they had to go see a specialist, and it involved selecting uh, kind of a high-profile medication. Right. The the doctor comes in and without looking at a brochure, without Googling anything or whatever, he sits down and he starts sharing, you know, with us this information about every possible, every available medication that's on the market right now. There were like 14 options. And then he starts going down each one. He's like, okay, this one's been out since this year. It's had this many people in the trial studies. This, there's this percentage of this side effect. There's this percentage of that side effect. And he went through all 14 of them. That's amazing. Off the top of his head, right? And, you know, sure, I'll admit, maybe he was making all this stuff up on the fly. Maybe. <laughs> okay. But it was what you just said, the amount of confidence and... Uh, assuredness that he had of himself that these numbers were right, that these facts were correct, and that he had their best interest at heart. And the point was when when they asked, said, okay, well, with all this information, what is the best one to take? He said, well, with your situation, if you were a member of my family, this is the one that I would have you take. Sold. Yeah. I'll take that one. And if you got a car and a house, I'll buy those from you too because you're that good. <laughs> and that's really like what you're saying here. That That's really what sets people apart. Like, I think this is where, you know, you mentioned car salesmen and, and you were in car sales for a while. This is where I, I really feel sorry for, especially car salesmen with that kind of, that, that stereotypical kind of schmaltzy, shticky kind of, you know, oh, I could take this down another $100, but you're taking the food off my kid's plate kind of thing. That <laughs> undermines a right. whole industry, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I, I mean, you're absolutely correct with the doctor sitting down and, and it just brings you to a place of, I talk about safety, right? Security. So how do we, how do we have a customer, a client, a potential client, you know, someone that we're leading, how do we sell them on something, right? An idea, whatever. You have to give people a space where they feel safe, where they feel like they can make a decision. And, you know, the car salesperson, right? A lot of times they're just not taught how to communicate, and how to create that space. Because ultimately, when a consumer walks into a place of business, especially in retail, right? You know, us, we're consumers. We've walked into retail businesses. We're there for what reason? To purchase something, mm -hmm. okay? And we're all we're doing is looking for a safe environment where we can get the information, where we can make a purchasing decision. So as a salesperson... That is 100% your responsibility. How do you create a safe space, give them the information that they need to make a purchasing decision? And the way you do that is by making sure that that person or people, the consumers, feel confident in you and that they trust you. Mm -hmm. Because trust equals what? Safety. Okay? So... You do that through education, self-education, 
educating yourself on the product and services. What are features and benefits? What, you know, just like the medication, this is, this is what's going on here. This is what's good about this one. So, you know, and, and ultimately you trust and you're safe to make an educated decision based on the information that you were given from the salesperson. And, and it takes a lot of work, right? Uh, you know, again, I go back to the, the immediate self gratification that Unfortunately, the world has developed around us and think that, you know, you wake up one day and you're successful. No, it takes a lot of time and energy to get yourself to that point where you can create that space for people. But the good news is you can get there. You just have to take the steps. Yeah. No, and I love that last piece because, you know, I I, uh, I grew up in Northeast Tennessee and I, I've had my fair share of, of friends who... Uh, you know, wanted to make it big in Nashville, and you know, I've had a couple who have who've actually done fairly decent for themselves. But uh, you know, I was chatting with one uh, buddy, and he said, and I think it's the same thing with what you're talking about here. So, you know, there's a saying in Nashville it said, "Behind every overnight success, there's 30 years of <laughs> touring honky tonks." Right? Absolutely. Uh, and so it's the same thing. It's it's putting in that work, and you know, that's not what. That's not what a lot of people want to do. They they want to go in and find that instant success. Just add me, right? Right. Absolutely. We we want that switch, right? That's why the lottery is so big, and there's so many different things that uh, are designed to pull us in that direction that we can, you know, scratch a card, and all of a sudden we're we're successful. And but what you find is a lot of the times the people that do scratch that card and do win, you know, it doesn't last long. Right. Because they didn't they didn't do the work. They didn't put the time and energy into to build the foundation that will sustain the the success. And that's why it's so important to understand that it all starts with the littlest thing. And that's really learning how to communicate, because once you can learn how to communicate, you can build on top of anything. Well, it almost sounds to me like before before you can sell anything. You've got to be able to sell yourself first. Absolutely. Because going back to the doctor, right? Did the doc, did the medicine do it? Was it the medicine that was the convincing factor? No, it was the, the trust that, that the doctor had, right? That, you know, because the doctor was so educated and understood the medication so well and explained it and you know, communicated it at such a level that it was, you know, okay, I can make a decision. I can make a choice. So the doctor sold themselves and the medication was just happened to be the product at that point in time. Yeah. Just like you ended it with what? Uh, and I'll buy the house and I'll buy the car <laughs> because you, you would buy anything from that person. Yeah. It doesn't matter what line of work they're in. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. And it is, so it's, and maybe you've heard this statistic because I, I heard it once like 10 years ago. And so maybe I'm a little off here, uh, <laughs> but I was listening to, I want to say it was Michael Hyatt. Um, and he was talking about sales and, and book promotions and stuff from his you know prior field. And he said, the average salesperson will try to communicate you know, on a scale from one to 10 We'll try to communicate somewhere around a seven or eight. The average buyer buys when they understand at about a, a level two or three. Yeah. 
meaning the way I interpreted that was meaning that one of the worst things that a salesperson can do is try to overcomplicate a situation to sound too much like they know <laughs> everything about it, right? Absolutely. You know, uh, the other saying in sales is right. The you know the the first per- person to speak loses. You know, and and really at the foundation of these these statements are, you know, we tr- if you try to over explain something, we find we tend to do that in a situation where we're not conv- completely convinced that what we are saying is accurate. You know, so. Just think of any situation that you've ever been in where you knew you didn't know anything about it. It could have been when you were a kid and, you know, somebody broke a window or something and you're trying not to tell on someone and, you know, you over explain it. Well, then this happened and then this happened. And, you know, the story becomes so outlandish that it becomes unbelievable. And the reason why that is, is because you're lying, you know, whether it's you know, fibbing or white lies or whatever. The reason why it's unbelievable is because it's not the truth, right? And that's what sales is. If you really understand whatever it is, service product or whatever, and do the work and become educated in it, then you're not selling it anymore. You are just giving the information. Uh, uh, You know, the people that when they use the term salesy, it's just like you said, they're over explaining something because they don't understand it, right? Yeah. They don't understand the, the, the little features and benefits of it. Oh, yeah. No, it's one of my favorite quotes. It was uh, Albert Einstein. He says, if you, if you can't explain something simply, you don't understand it well enough. <laughs> and I always emphasize the you part, right? Because it doesn't say the person you're trying to teach doesn't understand it well enough or the person you're trying to sell it to. It says you don't understand it well enough. And, Absolutely. And, and yeah, and I love that. And then again, you know, I don't know what they, they did in the army, but what you just said was it right there is they, they coached us. If you don't know something like so in Marine Corps boot camp, we don't get ranks. We just get called recruits. If right. you don't know the answer to a question. Your response is, this recruit does not know the answer, but this recruit will find the answer. Yeah. And it that's it. Simple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Bill, look, we've been chatting here now for, good night, 47 minutes or so here, and it has been a fantastic conversation. I've really loved every second of this. Uh, but... But before we work to close out here, is there anything that we didn't get a chance to cover that you want to, to leave listeners with before we close out? I, I just want to go back to the, the opening question, the leadership question, right? Mm-hmm. And and one of the things that I really try to get across to people is understanding that, you know, no matter where you are in life, you are in a leadership position to someone around you. You may not know it. You may not be aware of it. But there is someone around you that looks up to you. And once you understand that and you always try to, you know, think of it in a way like I'm really leading someone right now, you know, we tend to focus on am I doing it the best way that I can, you know, and and that's important because that's how we build a better world around us, right? Uh, You know, am I picking that trash up off the ground or am I walking past it? And, and, And that's just something very simple. But by you picking it up, someone is seeing that and they'll do it the next time as well. Mm. 
No, I love that. That is so true. That is so true. Uh, well, Bill, again, this has been an absolute blast, and I really hope that listeners have uh, found a lot of value in what you've had to share and your experiences and, and your knowledge. You, you've definitely explained a lot of this stuff very simply, and uh, you know, you're a great champion for this topic. So, you know, again, thank you for for being on the show and being a, uh, having this conversation with me. So, thank you. Well, again, thank you so much for having me. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, before we let you go here, what is a good way for folks to find out more about what you're doing? Uh, if they want you to come in and work with their sales team, if maybe, uh, you know, a teacher's listening to this and they want you to, to come do something, whether in person or virtually with their class to help their students gain confidence, how can people reach out to you and, and set those things up? Um, perfect. The best the best way is the web, my website, professionalsuccesssouth.com. Uh, just, you know, right there, all my information, uh, all my social networks and so on and so forth. And, you know, I, I love to talk, as you can tell. So <laughs> just reach out and we can discuss any topic. No, I love it. And and before, uh, you know, I'm not going to let you get out of here without talking about <laughs> your podcast, right? Because you say you love to talk. Uh, you, you've got a podcast that, that you do with a colleague, right? Yes, absolutely. So uh, I have a podcast called Get Focused with Bill Kay and Gina Fay. And um, Gina Fay is a licensed um, family therapist. We talk about all different topics, uh, self-confidence, any type of thing going on in the world, how to deal with different things, so on and so forth. And it's really just an all-around uh, therapy session without having to go to therapy. And and listeners, I think you'll love it because I've only had a chance to sit through like two or three. Uh, but but Gina, I love I love her because <laughs> she just doesn't seem like somebody who uh uh who who gilds the lily too much at all, right? She she no. seems like a straight shooter. <laughs> no, right right to the point. You know, we we don't have time to waste. So <laughs> I love it. So listeners, go check out uh, that podcast. I know you're you you do uh video, so you're on YouTube, but you know what other platforms are you on with that? We're on all the podcast platforms on um Apple Podcasts and uh, Spotify so on and so forth. But yes, we're on what is called the Open Road Network mm-hmm. and we uh we record live every Tuesday evening uh depending on your time zone. Uh we're we're on, on Tuesday nights. Outstanding. Uh, and again, that's Get Focused with Bill Kay and Gina Fay. So listeners, go check that out. And uh, yeah, give them the same courtesy that you give me. Share, rate, review, subscribe, do all of those great things to uh, to help their show grow as well. Uh, well, again, Bill, I'm going to say it one more time because I really appreciate you that much. Thank you for being a guest on the show and thank you for having this conversation and spending this time with myself and my listeners. Thank you so much. Yeah. And listeners, thank you for spending the time with us. And as I just said, you know, you've got a mission here. Help us uh, share our shows. So these ideas that Bill and and Gina and I are trying to share and all my guests are trying to share get spread as far and wide as they can. What you do for us has a big impact on our visibility on those various platforms. So thank you for taking that seriously and appreciate all that you do there. If you have any comments, questions, or concerns for me, burden.command at gmail.com. Just, you know, whatever it is. If you have a guest, if you have a topic, if you have a story you'd like to share, just send it there and uh, we'll work on making that happen for you here on the show. 
With that, appreciate each and every one of you, and I look forward to speaking with you again in the next episode. Hey there, I'm DC. I host the Rock Podcast, Back to the Arena, the Interviews. It's about a 30-minute podcast where I talk one-on-one with a band who has released new music. You can find us on all the best podcast sites like Spotify, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, and more. If you're a rock fan like me, subscribe today to Back to the Arena, the Interviews. Electric Acid. Electric Acid. Welcome to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing, where we harmonize your mind, body, and soul. I'm Amanda, your sound therapy expert. And I'm Stephen, the curious explorer uncovering the mysteries of sound. Together we explore vibrations, frequencies, and the power of sound therapy and tuning forks. Discover ancient wisdom, reduce stress, and tune into a healthier life. Subscribe to Tuning Into Sound Wellbeing today. Electric Acid.